Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Drill Down. We've got business stories behind stocks on the move. I'm Corey Johnson with episode number 139. Just ahead, one grocery chain seeing that online shopping is leading to a huge boost in customers fighting off the curse of inflation. And how one airline isn't too upset about the timing of Omicron's pandemic surge. And a possible treatment for a liver disease affecting a huge population of overweight Americans. We're going to talk to Inventiva Pharmaceutical CEO, Frederick Krenn. But first, sponsor time. The Drill Down is brought to you by ERA. Never miss another critical event or insight ever. With ERA, customize your company watch list and track key events, mentions, filings, and more, all within an easy-to-use, customizable interface. That's ERA, A-I-E-R-A.com. And you can catch every edition of the Drill Down more easily by clicking the subscribe subscribe button, I said in English. Uh, regardless of which platform you're listening to the show, click subscribe so you can catch every show and be alerted of our latest episode. And the Drill Down is brought to you by Braintrust, a global talent network that matches highly skilled technical freelancers with the world's most reputable brands. Braintrust has helped clients like Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, Porsche, Under Armour, and more build agile tech teams fast at a fraction of the cost. Visit Braintrust.com, that's B-R-A-I-N-T-R-U-S-T.com, to learn more. How many Braintrust new uh, workers do you think they're going to have once people get forced to go back to the office when they've got all these high-tech freelancers <laughs> all over the world who are being told, yep, go back to San Francisco to your office at Facebook. I think those machine learning programmers and so on are going to say, yeah, no, I'm just going to work No, thanks. Yeah, exactly. All right, I'm Corey Johnson. Welcome to The Drill Down. We've got business stories behind stocks on the move, as promised. And joining me, as always, executive producer Isaac Webster. Isaac, was it bad in the tease when I referred to the uh, liver disease? I said the huge population of overweight Americans. Is that is that uh, is that bad? I don't think it's bad. Why would it be bad? Well, because they it's are overweight. Pretty accurate. It's called them huge. The huge population uh. of overweight <laughs> Americans. That's Listen, bad. if you're overweight, you are huge. Get over it. Uh, we will Go look talk in the mirror. This. this is a very interesting um, uh, company that's got a really interesting treatment uh, that's uh, in development. We'll get to that. But we've got a bunch of companies telling us some news about what's going on in the world of business and the world at large. Yeah, Corey, what stocks are you drilling down on today? Well, why don't we start with Albertsons? You know, I love the grocery business. Yes, you do. And I love the me some Albertsons. Uh, ACI shares have gained 81% over the past 12 months. What was your grocery store growing up in the-, um, uh, in the Honestly, it was really Walmart. Really? Yeah. Supercenter. Yeah. Uh, and, and we had Wegmans, which is also- uh, Wegmans, which, yeah. It's its own thing. Yeah. Um, uh, that was in upstate New York where I spent a lot of time as a youth- um, yeah. uh, but uh, Albertsons owns a ton of stores. When I was younger uh, in the Chicago area, the Michigan area, we had Jewel. And Jewel uh -huh. Moscow was a big deal. That is owned by Albertsons, as is Vons, which is big down where you are, as is yep. Safeway, which is all over the place. All right, so Albertsons has all of these brands, uh, and they reported earnings for the quarter, which were up a lot, 5.2% uh, uh, 
revenue year over year. If you go back to where they were in 2019, pre-pandemic, um, you're looking at a 17.5% gain. Uh, really wow. a much bigger company than it was two years ago. And digital sales up 9%, up 234% from where they were two years ago. Uh, profitable, very profitable business, uh, about 500 million in revenues, even though the gross margins slipped a little bit, very little, like 0.4%. But I thought what was really interesting was the comments from the CEO, Vivek Sankaran, or Sank, yeah, Sankaran, I think is how you pronounce his last name, um, yeah. about how Omnichannel, which I'm going to call ordering online, has really changed the nature of their business, that their customers aren't shifting their spending to ordering online. They're spending two, three, four times more now that they're omni-channel customers. And it's, it's, it's interesting. They are gravitating towards all kinds of purchases they didn't make before from their grocery store. Now that they can order stuff both online and in person, here is CEO of Vivek Sankaran. We gain massive wallet share when people engage with us in omni-channel. And we can see that because there's no reason for a household to suddenly start spending three, four X with us than they did before they engaged in omni-channel. And so we still think that that's the upside. One is keep pushing people up on the loyalty ladder, which we're doing because of the retention. And second, continue to engage people on omni-channel. And both those, as you know, we've got plenty of headroom. So plenty of headroom. I think that that's super interesting. Um, uh, it's, it's this, this concentration is changing in patterns of behavior post COVID. Now, obviously we are in the midst of the worst of COVID in some ways right now with Omicron in terms of number of hospitalizations and infection rates. And um, uh, thankfully deaths are slowing or are below the heights, but still um, uh, I think we're look we're starting to see what the world's going to look like later. And it's going to look like a good thing for the grocery stores that are, uh, have omni-channel delivery uh, baked into their systems. Corey, what is your next drill down? Let's look at Delta Airlines. Special time for Delta. Ah, Delta. Delta trades under DAL and shares have climbed just 2.5% in a year. Yeah, so vastly underperforming the S&P 500, which is up, yeah. you know, yeah. well, well over 20% for the year uh, last year. Uh, well, um, interesting time for Delta. Of course, the big question has remained. We know that people started to travel personally. I'll be traveling this weekend, I tell you that. Yeah. You're leaving tomorrow. Uh, Palm Springs. Uh, uh, my daughter's got a big lacrosse tournament down there. Um, uh, sandstorm, look out. But uh, um, uh, Delta has, is seeing individual travel come back. They have not seen corporate travel come back. And that has been the story for the last year. Probably one of the reasons the company's business is underperformed and the stock has followed that, that business underperformance. But uh, they reported uh, that revenues were up actually up 140% over last year, even though the stock has barely moved. Um, and 74% above where they were, um, uh, oh, I'm sorry, still about 25% below where they were in 2019. So the business travel has just not come back. Um, even though they're adding SkyMile members and so on, that's their frequent flyer program. Uh, but I thought it was really interesting were some comments from the president of Delta, whose name is Glenn Hauerstein. Uh, uh, Hauerstein said that uh, because of the timing of Omicron, as we know, Omicron is kind of rushing through um, our uh, world at a much faster rate than the initial corona infections, initial, faster than uh, the coronavirus infections of COVID-19, um, faster than Delta. And the result is the timing is actually, it's as awful as it is, pretty good for the airlines because they don't see a lot of business right at the beginning of this year. The five weeks of January and into February, or, you know, December and into January are kind of the lightest weeks of the year in terms of business travel and other travel. 
So it's bad, but it could be worse. Here is Delta Airlines president, Glenn Houndstein. I think uh, if we could pick a, a period of time for an Omicron variant to surge, we would probably pick this time of year because I think it's got two components that are unique to this time of year. One is these five weeks that it's, it's uh, impacting are five of the lightest weeks in terms of business travel. And two, as you indicated, it has really impacted more the close in demand than the further out demand. And uh, we believe we have plenty of time to recover those uh, deferral of vacation uh, bookings for summer. Uh, if they don't come in the third or fourth week of January, it's easy for them to come in sometime in February and March. So really not concerned yet about spring or summer. We feel that we'll have a very, very robust demand profile for spring and summer. And while some of the bookings have been slightly delayed, we are still seeing much uh, the, the biggest magnitude of the impact impacting the next few weeks here. So we'll see, Isaac, what happens with uh, with Omicron. But if indeed, as we've seen in some other countries, that it, it has this sudden and awful peak but quickly recedes, it's not the worst time of the year, maybe even the best time of the year for the airlines, including Delta Airlines. It's a very interesting silver lining. I guess. Corey, what's your next drill down? Well, I could have teased this more, but Concrete Pumping Holdings is a company after uh, after my heart, obviously, <laughs> with a name like Concrete Pumping Holdings. I was I mean, about to what finish other your podcast, for you. <laughs> on yeah. what other podcasts are you going to hear about the latest developments at Concrete Pumping Holdings no. that actually tell us a lot about what's going on in the world, as these companies always do? I wish people would focus on them more because there's so much to learn. This is a, a 500 million market cap company uh, that is growing and reported an interesting quarter. Uh, well, Concrete Pumping Holdings uh, trades under BPCP. Shares rose 78% in a year. Okay, so they report a quarter, uh, first qu uh, fourth quarter. Uh, revenue's up 11% to $90 million. Uh, profits up 5%. Income from operations way up uh, 170% for some kind of one-time reasons. Um, but uh, interesting business. They've got, yes, they do concrete pumping. They also do some uh, ecologically sensitive things in the world of concrete. They have things called eco pans, which are basically just giant sheets of metal that, you know, when you, as you know, Isaac, when you mix concrete, you will stir the concrete. Some of it will spill. Some of it will get to the places you don't want it to do. You'll have light uh, splashes of not formed concrete that are all over the place. Well, with their eco pans, these giant pans in which they mix the concrete, they collect all that stuff and just pick them up and go away and saving the site from the pollution of unneeded concrete. Um, that business is doing great, preventing washout. But the big business for these guys, the big question for these guys, right? We saw this with, you know, I looked at KB Homes reported earnings. I thought about talking about that company again. We see the the home builders. But what's really happening? Are we seeing building in commercial and residential? Where are labor problems affecting these businesses? And what we've seen is, yes, a big boom in residential buildouts. Commercial buildouts, not so much. They're commercial business, uh, not doing great. But this company... Uh, when they look at what's happening and what their customers are telling, Concrete Pumping Holdings says, commercial's coming back. It might be down, down 10% year over year. And residential's picking up for that, but that's coming back. Here's CEO Bruce Young. Commercial is down almost 10% uh, year over year for the previous year. And, uh, and it was picked up by residential largely and a little bit of infrastructure. 
Uh, we expect that going forward in the first half of this year that it will stay fairly consistent to that. Uh, we are bidding an awful lot of commercial projects, some substantial projects that need specialty equipment uh, that uh, are really good projects for us that we hope go this summer. Um, but that's the thing that we watch more than anything is the, is the, is when does the commercial market come back. And uh, while we're hoping it'll come back in, in, uh, in the second half of this year, we really haven't budgeted too much for that and really expect to see more of that in 2023. So the bidding is happening. The jobs are in the pipeline or starting to come into the pipeline. And I think that that, you know, and they did, and I should point out, he mentioned it briefly, but they don't see a lot of spending this year from the infrastructure bill. They do see a lot of spending from the infrastructure bill in the next few years. That said, they are seeing bidding already for big commercial projects, uh, which is uh, very bullish for this company and for the commercial building world writ large. All right, coming up next, we're going to look at a really interesting company that's developing a, a new treatment for uh, fatty uh, liver disease that affects, um, causes cirrhosis among people who don't drink and people who don't have alcohol problems. And it's a massive problem for overweight people in America in particular. Uh, Inventiva Pharmaceutical CEO Frederick Kren joins us to talk about uh, this problem and this treatment uh, and uh, indeed the one that the market at least has described a lot of promise to. We'll have that when the drill down continues. The Drill Down is brought to you by Braintrust, a global talent network that matches highly skilled technical freelancers with the world's most reputable brands. Braintrust has helped clients like Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, Porsche, Under Armour, and more build agile tech teams fast at a fraction of the cost. Visit Braintrust.com, that's B-R-A-I-N-T-R-U-S-T.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Drill Down Podcast. As promised, we are joined right now by Inventiva Pharma's CEO, Frederic Crain joins us from France. Are you in Paris? I yep, probably today I'm in Paris. Where's in Paris? I, I'm in San Francisco, so I don't know who's winning, but it's probably you. Um, well, uh, not, uh, not sure, not sure. I love the, the, I heard San Francisco described as the, as the Paris of the United States, and I'll take that. Um, hey, uh, we're glad to have you on the show today. Um, tell me what uh, health problems uh, Invective, uh, Invent, Inventiva Pharma is trying to solve. Our yeah, what we're trying to solve is actually we are working on a disease that is called NASH. It's a liver disease uh, that is very prevalent. So we talk about uh, you know 10% of the U.S. adult population who end up with a cirrhosis, with a liver cirrhosis that is not due to alcohol, but more to uh, food consumption, obesity, diabetes, lifestyle. Very prevalent, and actually you know once you have cirrhosis uh, due to NASH. Uh, the only solution is a uh, liver transplantation, so very severe. So there is, a, there is abso an absolute need to find a, a find a cure for this disease. And Inventiva, we're starting a phase three, so a pivotal trial. We have a very good data, so really hope to come with a solution for this uh, for these patients. And you've got kind of fast tracked by the FDA in this uh, in this trial as well. What does that mean? Yeah, we got fast track and especially got breakthrough therapy designation. What it means that we have proven with our clinical trial to have a, to have a disease that can answer to an unmet medical need. So bottom line, it means that our clinical data are strong enough to convince the, the FDA that they need to work with us to bring as fast as possible this drug to, to patients. Now, uh, let's talk about NASH a little bit. I, I have to say I wasn't familiar with it before I started reading about your company. And I've seen mixed, I've seen different data about how big the problem is. But by, by any indication, a lot of people 
are affected by it. Tell me a little more about, about NASH. Yeah, so yeah, the, the prevalence. So how many patients have this disease? Uh, the, the consensus is something roughly between 10% of the adult population. So if you take the, the whole US population, you end up like 25 million. And I was looking this morning, if I look at the country with 25 million, it's a whole of Australia. So you see it's huge. There are yeah. no cures, so no drugs are approved. It's what is called a silent disease. So it's, you don't suffer from it. You don't, you don't wake up in the morning with uh, your liver aching. But when you discover, sometimes it's too late and you need to really have a transplantation of the, disease, of, of the liver. That's why it's really urgent to screen patient, to identify patient and to start treating them because you don't want to wake up one day and have a liver that doesn't function anymore because you, you have only one liver, by the way, it's not like a kidney disease. So you really absolutely, we absolutely need to find a cure to find a drug that can prevent people from, from having cirrhosis due to NASH. And how does one find out they have this? When they get their sort of regular blood tests with their physical, they find that their liver function is declining? Uh, yeah, so um, today in clinical trial, you need to do a biopsy. That's Right, pretty right, right. heavy that you need to take a piece of your liver so that's not um, you know how, how we want to treat patients in real life but what uh, a lot of companies are developing are non-invasive tests so by um, looking at the serum or imaging to detect that your liver is malfunctioning and that you need to intervene and you say a lot of companies a lot of companies are working on nash resolution uh, solutions uh, of course you guys are inventiva but also there's companies called uh, Acuro, and if I'm pronouncing all the names wrong, surely, because they have ridiculous, ridiculous names, but uh, uh, NGM Bio, uh, Sima Bay, um, uh, Intercept, there are lots of companies working on, yeah. on uh, solutions for this, I guess, because it's such a big market, yes? Yeah, yeah. many companies are working. You, you mentioned the biotech, but there are also large pharma that have been working on, on, on this disease. And what is great is when you look at the competitive landscape, You've seen a lot of big pharma that have failed. And sometimes I feel inventive is a bit like a David against Goliath, you know, we're really fighting with against big pharma. But when you look at the data, we, 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 have, we have yeah produced the best data so far with a drug that is able to solve NASH, to reduce what is called fibrosis, which ultimately is what you need to, to, to tackle. And yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. So, so, so some of the treatments that have been that have that have gotten through early stage trials have shown some efficacy. Um, I know I've noticed uh, the people in your field like using the word efficacy. Just yeah, not, yeah. They they won't just say it's effective. They'll say efficacy. So I'll do efficacy. that too. So they use the word efficacy. So uh, so a lot of it's the the efficacy has been some efficacy has been shown by a number of treatments. Yours included. In fact, yours has been some of the best. But one of the differences is uh, some of the results come with a worsening of the fibrosis. Explain to me the, the push and pull there. Yeah, so what you need to, to obtain in this disease is NASH resolution. And what is meant by that is you reduce the inflammation and you reduce the death of the cells in the liver, what is called ballooning. So that's one thing you need to tackle. So that's very important to tackle NASH resolution. So you're, you're diminishing the death of the cell, you're diminishing inflammation. And then the second component, component of the disease you absolutely need to reduce is a fibrosis, is a scarring. So you need to deal with that because it is fibrosis that ultimately leads to cirrhosis. 
It so the liver, great. if I can paraphrase the fiber, I, I sort of understand, but I'm going to paraphrase anyway. That the, the the liver stops becoming this kind of gooey, fatty um, organ and becomes solid and hard and calcified and can't perform liver function because of the fibrosis. Yeah, exactly. So that these are the two components. And what is great about our drug is that we have shown in the clinical trial that we have conducted is that we have an activity that both resolve NASH and also directly reduces fibrosis. So it's really tackling uh, the, the, the really the, all the component of this disease. That's what is exciting about, about lanifibrin or about our drug. That's why we're moving so to we, pivotal trial. Yeah, so when we look at the pivotal trial results, which we will get, well, so I should say phase three results, when do you, you're still recruiting patients, I think. Is that correct? Or have you already Yeah, exactly. So trial? these are long trial, of course, because uh, we need to treat patients for 18 months. So we're, we're still recruiting. So the data is for 2024, for which... When you're not used to biotech, it seems a long time, but in reality, in, in the pharmaceutical development, it's, it's not unheard of, and it's quite a, a typical time for a, for a pivotal trial. Does the fast-tracked um, um, uh, designation by the FDA mean that you can have fewer patients in that phase three trial? No, it, it, no. at the end of the day, the trial is the same for everybody. What it means is that we get more easily access to the FDA. They are more reactive to us. And then when, especially given the, the, the breakthrough, when they review the data, they can go faster. So that helps. So um, when we see the results and we see the results from competitors, it seems to me that the differences are, there's obviously the, the efficacy and the efficacy compared, compared to the placebo patients, but there's also um, uh, the amount of fibrosis after the treatment. There's also the methodology of the treatment, right? Whether it's oral or injectable. And there's also yeah. the duration of how long the patient has to receive the treatment. Are those the, what other things should we be looking for when we look at the results from yours and from some of the competitors? Yeah, you're right. First, you know, uh, at the end of the day, the, the, our customer are the patient. We need to make their life easier. So right. we think that an oral treatment is, it makes it easier than, than an injection. So it's great to have a oral drug, and this, this we have. And then we want to have the more, the more efficacious drug. And here we go back to the notion of resolving NASH and reducing fibrosis. This is very important. And of course, as we're dealing with human life, you, we need to have a safe, a safe drug. These are the usual components you want to look and then this is a, a chronic disease. It's a bit like diabetes, uh, hypertension, cholesterol. So this is a chronic disease. So we'll need to treat patients for lifelong treatment. Now, uh, one of your competitors, Novo Nordisk, big company, yeah. um, has yeah. got something that they call semaglutide, but it's a 72-week treatment. It's a daily injection for 72 weeks, <clears throat> which outside of the fact that it sounds miserable, it also is hard to keep patients on that. They've showed some great efficacy in early trials, however. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's a drug that is, uh, of course, Novo Nordisk, a very very strong company. So, of course, a competitor we need to look at. But yeah, you mm. you, you you summarize well some of the drawback: injection, a lot of uh, GI effects. So people is true are losing weight, but they also experience vomiting, uh, the GI pain, etc. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, we, we, we focus on our drug. We believe we have a great drug uh, that is safe, efficacious, oral, uh, with a lot of advantages. And then, you know, we work with physicians, and at the end of the day, they, they'll prescribe the best drug to their, to their patients. 
Um, when you, what, if you can take me through, can you paraphrase the science, what's happening actually in the cells and how does it work? Uh, with our drug? Yes. <laughs> it's difficult to, to explain because it's such a complex disease, but at the end of the day, what, what our drug is doing is it's able to reduce inflammation. So your liver is in a certain sense healthier. We reduce the death of the, the cells. Uh, or in the in the liver, and we reduce this phenomenon of fibrosis. So that's a direct activity on the liver. And then you have around the liver, on your body, some other key features of LANI is that it's a, a drug that improves some metabolic parameters like HDL. Say, that, you, you, when you say LANI, it's that short term for the drug, which is LANI fibrinor, right? Exactly, LANI fibrinor, yes. Yeah, Lani. Sorry. Any fibrinor, pardon me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I was saying that we also improve some of the metabolic parameters. So we improve the good cholesterol, we reduce triglyceride, we improve insulin sensitivity. So a lot of other parameters that are helping improve the health of the of the patients. Well, it's it's such a um, like I said, who knew? I hadn't I hadn't done the work on Nash before. Now I'm aware. Um, and you can see why. So it's what a big market, a drug that someone's going to be on for the rest of their life to preserve yeah. their life could be a big market for you. Yeah, yeah, it's a big market. And it's um, one of the things we need to do, the community needs to do is to work on NASH so that people are aware about this disease. It's uh, very prevalent. It's close to the prevalence of type 2 diabetes, but it's still a disease that is not known uh, in the US, in Europe, in the world. And there needs to be, you know, a recognition of the severity of this disease. And am I right that when I look at it, when I, we keep talking about efficacy, I should actually use the numbers that you guys have shown with your 1.2 gram, um, uh, uh, 24 week treatment, um, 49% efficacy in, in uh, curing NASH. Yeah, it, yeah. what it means that 49%, it means that you have, a, let's say one patient out of two, that have their NASH resolve, which which is great because it could address you know half of the half of the patient with the disease, and this was after six months treatment. So we had, we hope that when you treat for a longer period of time, uh, that percentage could even uh, increase and be higher. Well, I wish you luck. I wish your competitors luck for the benefit of the patients, but I wish you luck personally as well. Um, uh, and I'm glad you brought this story to us. And in Inventiva Pharma. CEO Frédéric Chien joining us from Paris. Glad to, and you are, you're, mentioned you also have headquarters, you have dual headquarters, and one in Paris and one in, in New York City and Long Island City. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, we, we're, we're French biotech, as you probably have guessed from my accent. But yeah, now we have a team in the U.S. Uh, because, uh, you know, the U.S. Uh, US patients are really important. The network of key opinion leaders in the U.S. are key. That's why we have a team in the U.S. now. Uh, and, you know, of course, once we get over this COVID situation, Looking forward to to be to be back uh, as often as possible in the U.S. Well, uh, we'll look forward to that too. Uh, thank you very much, Frederic Chien. Okay. Well, coming up you, next, Corey. we're going to have the drill down bite that one number that tells us a whole lot about Inventiva Pharma. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about where this company sits in its competitive landscape when the drill down continues. The Drill Down is brought to you by Era. With Era, give yourself an information advantage. Connect directly to earnings calls and other investor events with live transcription and event intelligence. That's Era, A-I-E-R-A dot com. And you can listen to the Drill Down on a regular basis on your smart speaker. 
just say to that smart speaker, regardless of its maker, might be Amazon, might be Google, say, hey, smart speaker, play the Drill Down podcast. You'll hear our latest show. And let us know what companies you think we should be drilling down on. Talk to us on Twitter and Instagram by following at Drill Down Pod and connect with us directly at our website, bizpod.net. Oh, we've got the drill down bite, that one number that tells us a whole lot, Isaac. There are a lot of overweight people all over the world. Especially an here in the U.S. And in the U.S. Um, according to the uh, National Institute of Diabetes and Digestive and Kidney Diseases, yes, there are two ands in that, I'll say it again. The National Institute of Diabetes and Digestive and Kidney Diseases. Well, they're also throwing liver in there because they study this. Uh, NASH, we've been talking about this non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And they say, uh, they cite studies that say that 75% of people who are overweight suffer from, from NASH and are, and are having that extra fatty tissue, which leads to all sorts of other problems, uh, national, uh, the non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Um, and if for the severely obese, it's 90%. But even among children, um, there are a lot of People with this, you know, with the single digits, but still, um, uh, again, 75% of the people overweight are suffering from and starting to collect this fatty tissue in their liver that can lead to so many other problems. That's awful, but it's great to have something possibly on the horizon. Uh, you can see why it's such a big business potentially yeah. for these guys and why they're putting so many resources at it and why the market is hopeful it'll work out. We're hopeful it'll work out for somebody. Hey, for some of my family members. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cirrhosis, not good. Liver cancer, not good. Yeah. Liver failure, even worse. Yeah. On that happy note, Isaac, thank you for your time. Listeners, <laughs> thank you for your time as well. Isaac Webster is our executive producer. Ben Wilson is our editor extraordinaire. That dog you're in the background somewhere is Nikita. Don't mess with Nikita. The Drill Down's a production of the Business Podcast Network.